0: I just want to say that you have got to be the most insipid, ridiculously idiotic, moronic person I've ever heard on any form of media.
1: Exiled by society, friends, lovers, and terrestrial radio. A guy with literally nothing left to lose. For 15 years, he's been telling it like it is. This is the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. equal to the number of people voting for Rick Santorum. It is the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Welcome in. It has been a while. Man, so much has happened since we last spoke. It is Friday, October 9th, 2015. And what's happened since uh, we were last here? Um, David Letterman retired. Brian Williams was summarily removed from TV and now is back. He's back with NBC. I think he's on MSNBC now, which well, we're all just very happy about that. Um, what else? The Cubs are in the playoffs. The Cubs may very well win the World Series. I, I don't necessarily think I would hang my hat on that, but it is indeed very... Po- the Cubs and the Royals are in the playoffs. Somebody, somebody should have gone to Vegas in the spring, don't you think? I nailed that one. Um, man. And, of course, the most important part is America has embraced Donald Trump, Ben Carson, and Bernie Sanders. Those are your choices uh, for president coming up. Those are the front runners anyway, although I'm sure the Democrats will somehow rig it so that uh, Hillary Clinton winds up being the nominee because that's just what they do. They don't care about O'Malley. They don't care about Sanders. They don't care about Grandpa Joe Biden. Uh, They're more interested in uh, making sure that Hillary Clinton, I guess, is going to run, even though no one has found those emails uh, yet. Although I understand that they're probably still in the cloud someplace. so, So there is that. Anyway, uh, there's a lot to talk about, obviously, uh, you know, election 2016, we're probably going to get into that a little bit, but uh, I just want to first, before we go anywhere with the show, I want to first talk about uh, just a little PSA uh, for the news stations and for all of you out there, you journalists and all of you columnists and everyone that uh, is in the media that uh, is taking a, a moment to reflect on Hispanic Heritage Month. I was indeed notified that it is in fact Hispanic Heritage Month and uh, I passed by one of the news stations here last week, one of the news talk stations and they were, they had a piece running on Ernesto Arturo Miranda, the guy that uh, well, we have the Miranda warning as a result of his case and they propped up Miranda as a person that made him sound like somebody that we should be appreciating for Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, brief brief PSA, uh, Miranda is not a guy you should be uh, clinging to, uh, you white reporters out there. I don't think that's a person you should prop up as part of Hispanic Heritage Month. Not exactly a good thing. That'd be like, For Black History Month, we trot out OJ and we're like, yeah, you know, he was a really great player. Uh, He sort of had a little run, a little domestic issue uh, some time ago and was thrown out of (laughs) court. But, uh, you know, he was a good uh, good football player. (laughs) Uh, Hall of Fame career and all that. So, yeah, just a PSA, Miranda was actually kind of a douchebag and he was a convicted rapist and kidnapper. So when you're... uh, talking about him when you're propping him up, just remember you are in fact propping up a convicted rapist and kidnapper. Congratulations uh, to you for that. I mean, obviously the lawyers should get all the credit. The lawyers that protected Miranda and the process for which we now have a Miranda warning and so that people can't just, uh, people actually have protection. Their rights are protected. So you have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney during questioning, during interrogation. That's important, and certainly that part is important. But uh, Miranda, that, again, <laughs> again, it's like O.J. Simpson. It'd be like propping up uh, for uh, I don't know, whatever. I, I would just think that that's a a really bad idea. So uh, just a quick shout out to the uh, local news folks out there who think that uh, Miranda should be part of Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, no, I, I I don't I don't think so. All right. Uh, yeah. Putting in criminals into Hispanic Heritage Month, a little bit a little bit racist, perhaps. All right. Uh, what else is happening? I guess the big stuff uh, that we need to talk about and what's just gripping America right now is uh, a couple of things. The, the big trends that are out there is that, number one, um, Donald Trump is in the lead in the polls for the Republican side. Right behind him are people like Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina. And over on the Democrat side, it's pretty much pretty much a, one, a one-horse race over there, believe it or not. Bernie Sanders is pretty much in command on the Democrat side. Oh, yeah, the media will tell you that Hillary Clinton's very much in it. But the thing about that is she has a, this huge... Unlikable rating. I know. Imagine that Hillary Clinton is not a liked person. People don't trust her. Can you believe that? Can you believe people don't like or trust Hillary Clinton? The woman that lied about being shot at when uh, she went over to Kosovo as the first lady. Remember, she told this story about how she was with some reporters and they landed. I guess this was in Kosovo or something. I don't know, mid nineties, late nineties. And they were taking sniper fire while they were trying to run to the limo. They were meeting like the prime minister or whatever. And they were taking sniper fire while they were running. And this CBS news reporter, uh, was there and he said, oh yeah, that never happened. We, uh, we landed and everyone was quite hospitable and nobody ever fired at us. And yeah, we were, I think in a bulletproof vehicle or something, but we never, uh, we were never fired at. Nothing bad ever happened. Oh, and here's some video of that. So, <laughs> and then she said, oh, I misremembered that. So ever since then, uh people have, of course, you know, the whole carpetbagging thing Well, she was running for Senate and then, um well, obviously her time as Secretary of State under Barack Obama and the Benghazi stuff and now this email stuff and there's just a, a, a host of other things that people don't trust Hillary Clinton about. So her her unlikable rating or her disapproval rating is through the roof. Meanwhile, people really like Bernie Sanders. People really like Ben Carson and people really like Donald Trump. That is what the current picture for the 2016 election looks like. I realize it's 13 months away. I hate talking about it this far out, but it's it's huge on the minds of Americans right now. People are just out there talking about it. And I, I was having a conversation I've actually had multiple conversations with people about this topic and just about the whole thing. And a lot of people say things like, well, you know, this is a sign, I see this on social media a lot. This is a sign that America's broken. When when Donald Trump and Ben Carson and Bernie Sanders are the choice, that's just a sign uh, that uh, America's broken. Well, that's kind of a myopic view. It's more a sign that the political system that we have is broken when the best that the two major parties can produce is on one side an entertainer, a, a billionaire businessman entertainer who is irreverent and has absolutely no clue about anything worldly whatsoever, albeit a savvy business person, but a, but an idiot on everything else. A neurosurgeon who's never touched politics in his life and has just decided to get into it, basically. And uh, a, a socialist... Senator, that that's the top three choices we have, who's, by the way, a political outsider. Those are your top three choices. And, you know, they all, th- believe it or not, they all have their good sides. They all have their good, their positive points. Um, and then they all have their, their negative side, I will say. And then, of course, there's everybody else in the field. There's literally still, what, 12 other people in the Republican ticket. I know Scott Walker, thank God, he dropped out and uh i i think rick santorum probably should because you know if you look up on urban dictionary what santorum means it's a uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, sexual uh, thing <laughs> probably not something you want your last name to be associated with that'd be like that'd be like if um somebody uh yeah uh, i want you to go vote for nathan Poopwiener. go go ahead and vote for that guy uh for For president. No, so there's that. Uh, I I guess we could just run through all the candidates really quickly. Because, I mean, I've just, I I have these conversations with people all the time. And um, there's just not a candidate I can latch on to right now that's running, uh, at least at this particular point. I haven't seen who the libertarians are going to wheel out there. I don't know if they're going to try Gary Johnson again. I don't know who they're going to wheel out there. The guy in Florida that sacrifices sheep or goats or whatever. I don't know who they're going to run out But for now, I honestly do not see a person that I am going to vote for in 2016. I really don't. Um, Not that that's a real big surprise, because since I turned 18 and since my very first election in 1996, I have not voted for a Democrat or Republican for president. It just hasn't happened. What, uh, there was Dole Clinton in 96? Yeah, I voted for, I don't even remember who I voted for then. Believe it or not, maybe I voted for Steve Forbes. I don't even know. I don't know, an independent, I don't know who I voted for then. Maybe it was Andre Moreau. I don't remember who, it, that probably was who it was. Uh, maybe Perot was running again, I don't know. Uh, 2000, uh, that was Bush Gore, and then Nader was in there somewhere, and I didn't vote for those guys. In fact, maybe I, abst- no, I know I voted for somebody, I don't remember who. Again, that the libertarian, whoever it was, probably got my vote. Then uh, Kerry Bush in 04, that's a big... And then Nader again, and that was a big fail. Uh, Obama, uh, McCain in 08. Yeah, I voted for Wayne Allen Root, uh, Bob Barr for that one. Uh, Romney, Obama in 2012. Yeah, I voted for Gary Johnson. So, yeah, I haven't voted for a Democrat or a Republican for president ever since. And I probably won't again this time uh, because... Both parties, it's just a duopoly system and both parties are ostensibly the same. Anyway, they both do basically the same thing when they get into power anyway. They both spend tax money at a ridiculous rate. They both misappropriate funds. They both start stupid wars. They both spy on Americans. Uh, You know, it's the same rap I've been giving on this show forever. Um, And so until I see somebody that comes along that's really legitimately different, and I know Donald Trump, looks very different and he is very different there's no question I know Ben Carson looks uh, very different and I know Bernie Sanders looks different but that doesn't necessarily mean they are I mean we got sold that bill of goods remember with Obama the hope and change and you see how that's worked out I mean he's basically just another corporate sort of uh, candidate another corporate president so that's that hasn't worked out very well and of course, we could go through the litany of reasons why that hasn't uh, turned out to be a, a very good thing. But maybe that's another time. Uh, but um, honestly, uh, I don't see a candidate worth voting for. I mean, just look at the Republican ticket right now. Look, look, look at who's left. All right, you have Chris Christie, who is this Gestapo type governor, this mafioso type of governor uh, in New Jersey. A guy who's politically about as petty as it gets, who took out his pettiness on the mayor of a small town. You know that story. If you haven't heard about it, well, go check it out. But a guy who uh, shut down a city, a small town in New Jersey, because he wanted to show, he wanted to flex his political muscle against a guy that would not endorse him for governor. I mean, that's what it was. Uh, A mayoral... Candidate or a guy that was the mayor of a small town. He didn't even um, endorse Christie for governor. And so Christie took it out on him. And uh, that was uh, a whole thing. That was Bridgegate. Everyone remembers that. So, and then of course, Chris Christie, while he was in uh, Homeland Security, remember he's a guy that helped make it so that this domestic spying thing got underway during the Bush administration. And he doesn't hide from that. He even admits it. He's proud of it. He's proud of domestic spying, spying on your phone calls, on your emails, on everything that you do on a daily basis. He says that. He's proud of it. And he does it, of course, under the guise of security and uh, freedom and liberty and protecting you. So that's, that's his rationale. I mean, let's face it. He got... Argued under the table by Rand Paul, of all people, on this issue. Um, And I'll get to Rand Paul in a second. Then you've got, uh, well, Carly Fiorina is in there. She manages uh, to push her way out of the kids' table. And she got onto the big debate uh, last time in September for the Republicans. And uh, she was uh, the president of HP Computers. She ran that thing into the ground. That was a a terrible thing. I, I realize there's a lot more to it than that. And I know well she was a part of HP, the, the board of directors was a mess and they bought Compaq and they tried to make that thing work and that was a disaster. But she does not have a very good track record and she is not a very well-liked person around the, the corporate circles, especially over at HP. And uh, everything that woman says is frightening. Uh, her whole anti-drug thing and her... Oh, she is... She's... uh She's real staunch on that. Tell you that. Um, she's another person that Rand Paul argued under the table. <laughs> Which, again, if that happens to you, you might as well just leave. Get off the stage. You're done. Uh, who else? So you got that John Kasich from Ohio. He he doesn't seem that terrible of a guy. He seems kind of... Marco Rubio's kind of reasonable. I don't actually mind Marco Rubio. I wouldn't vote for the guy, but he doesn't seem like he's that bad a person. He's uh, I, I think of all the Republicans, I think he's a little bit more moderate, uh, a little bit, but still, I, uh, I have a problem. Anytime a guy starts throwing in God, uh, God this and God that, and I get pretty nervous, and I get a little bit weary of that. And that's what I hear from him. And, you know, the whole let's defund uh, Planned Parenthood thing, which I know he's not as much on board with as some of these other guys. That's a little bit frightening. Uh, so there's that. There's uh, who else have not I? Uh, of course, like I brand uh, Paul. I I have to say this. There are two candidates on both sides that are against these ridiculous foreign wars that we've been waging. Bernie Sanders and Rand Paul are the only two people that are for uh, decreasing the size of the military, not eliminating the military. Hold on. Don't get all freaked out. Just cutting back a little bit on the military, cutting back a little bit on the imperialism, cutting back a little bit on the nosing in on everybody else's business that we do as a country that we have been doing forever. Rand Paul and Bernie Sanders are the only two people that want to get us out of Iraq, out of Afghanistan, out of the Middle East for the most part, other than, you know, our bases and whatnot. But they want to pull us way back from the region and uh, stop meddling in these affairs. And I have to say, if, if I were to prioritize issues, most important to least, that is definitely one of my top issues. And I realize Rand Paul is an idiot on a lot of things. The only two things I I would say I definitely agree with the guy on are are that and the legalization of marijuana. Um, You know, pulling back uh, the getting our our troops out of Iraq and Afghanistan for the love of God. I mean, this has been going on 12, 13 years now, 14 years uh, we've been over there and not only there, but the rest of the Middle East as well and staying out of there. Stop with the nonsense already. I mean, and that's that's got to be... If you're going to latch on to a topic, that is definitely one to latch on to. Again, I'm not voting for the guy. I'm not voting for him. But, you know, that definitely hits home. He's the only guy on that Republican panel that's interested in that. Then, of course, there's Ted Cruz, who's just about the slimiest. He is the Herb Tarlick of the Republican Party. He's just up there... In his uh, nice suit, trying to, try to sell you a bill of goods. Everything that the guy says, he's very well spoken, very articulate. Every sentence comes out perfectly and smoothly. He doesn't stumble or stymie over his words. He is a very, a very well put together politician, so much so that it's just so contrived, everything the guy says. But he's another guy. He wants to build a wall with, the, uh, with Mexico he's one of those let's put up a giant wall like really dude we're okay we're gonna put up a 2300 or 2500 mile long wall what 10 feet high and who's gonna pay for that and how are we gonna maintain it and what good does that do because you know the old saying if you put up a 10 foot high wall i'll show you someone that brings an 11 foot ladder I mean, ooh, that's just ridiculous. Or I'll show you somebody that brings a shovel and tunnels right underneath it or just smashes part of it down. I mean, come on. We're going to put up a wall. That's going to stop all of our problems. That's going to stop the illegal immigration problem. Hey, if they if there's just a wall there, Mexicans are so lazy they ain't going to go over the wall. Okay. All right. Okay, pumpkin. Whatever you say. So that is, uh, that's, That's one of Ted Cruz's big things. And I think there was even a point where Ted Cruz was like, maybe we should build a wall with Canada also. So that tells you the mind of Ted Cruz. Uh, He's another guy that is uh, a let's defund Planned Parenthood guy. And speaking of, then you've got Jeb Bush. I'm not going to go to the card that everybody else goes to. The last thing this country needs is another Bush. I'm not going to say that. Because Jeb Bush seems like a... He really does seem like a nice guy. Honestly. And I I say this about Marco Rubio too. I really think, and I mean this, I really think Jeb Bush in his heart of hearts comes from a place of good intention and is probably a, a really reasonable dude. I actually thought George W. Bush... And even George H.W. Bush. I think all the Bushes, I I honestly think, are probably not bad human beings. Uh, Yeah, I know. George W. did crack or he did cocaine or whatever back in the 70s. Whatever. I mean, okay. But I don't think they're bad human beings. But I do think that um, there was a lot of bad decisions in the Bush administration and that he was a terrible president. But I don't think the intention is necessarily bad. I think that, let's face it, Dick Cheney ran the country. George Bush was more of a puppet than anything else. Um, And I, you know, just not a very bright guy in a lot of ways, but, you know, had some personable nature to him and that's how he got elected. Plus, let's face it, two of the worst people ran against him, Gore and Kerry, two guys that, uh, uh, frankly, have about as much personality as a piece of paper. And so it was just destiny that he got two terms because the Democrats couldn't possibly muster up anybody that was halfway decent to run against him somehow. And uh, so Jeb Bush, to me, again, I hear he's another guy. He's, you know, this uh, totally... completely socially conservative guy against gay marriage. And I know he, he mentioned civil unions, but I don't even believe that he's kind of behind that. I, and a Bible thumper kind of guy. And I just don't want that. I don't want that in my president. I hear God, I'm out. You know, I want you to talk about your religious views. I do. I want to hear it because if I, if I hear that your views are like anything other than, you know, that's very personal and I'm just going to keep it to myself. If I hear anything other than that, Yeah, I'm probably not going to vote for you. If I hear you talk to the Sky Wizard, I mean, that's great. That's wonderful. It's your belief. I'm happy for you. You're not presidential material, though. You talk to the invisible man in the sky. I'm sorry. I'm just not there with you. And I don't want to get your emails about, oh, Mike, you're an atheist. I'm not an atheist. I'm an agnostic. I don't know what's out there. I have no clue. Uh, my mind is open to it hey maybe the sky wizard is very much real Maybe whatever um, you know maybe the maybe Vishnu is real maybe it's uh, maybe it's the the sun God or whatever you know the, or the multiple gods that the Native Americans worship or maybe the Buddhists have it right or who knows? I don't know. One day maybe it'll present itself to me and I will know. You know, most of my family is some type of Christian or Catholic or something. I'm not. You know, I don't know. I am very much an agnostic. I'm not saying there is no god and there's nothing out there because I can't I don't have that much faith either. I don't I don't look up at the stars in the sky and say, "Man, what an amazing fluke." I don't say that there's nothing. I don't know. But I will say that until I know, I'm not necessarily ready to buy into a person that's just going around saying Jesus this and Jesus that and then turns around and says, yeah, but gay people, people that really love each other can't get married. Like that just doesn't sound right to me. I'm going to defund Planned Parenthood because even though I'm against something, uh, I'm also going to, you know, make sure that uh, people don't have proper prenatal care or that they can't get abortions or whatever, because that that's what I believe. And I'm going to impose that on you. Well, sorry, I don't think that's a really good leadership quality. I don't think it's a great leadership quality to say, hey, I believe something, therefore everyone else should believe it as well. That's terrible leadership. But that's what primarily the Republican Party is offering you right now. I want to hear just if the guy I'm going to vote for, this is, let's just break it down like this. The guy I would vote for is the guy that goes, you know, I have my own religious beliefs, but I keep them to myself. They're personal, they're private, and I'm going to keep it that way. I have beliefs, know that, but know that they're private, they're personal. And then the guy that says, hey, I don't want us messing around in the affairs of foreign countries. Um, You know, maybe there's a point down the road where if we get our our finances straight, maybe I'm all for foreign aid. But other than that, I am not for meddling around in the affairs of other countries. Not interested in it. And then the guy that says, you know, get married to whoever you want. It's in the Constitution, the 14th Amendment, the the First Amendment. It protects you. It says uh, there's equal protection under the law. If men and women can get married, men and men can get married. It's fine. Who cares? Civil union, marriage, it's the same thing. You know, there's no um, patent on the word marriage. There's no copyright on it. Uh, Gay people can have it too. Come on. You know, two people love each other. They should be able to be together, period. You know, you want to smoke some weed? It's fine. It's no dare It's drinking a beer. It's the same. And I know the Republicans want to tell you. I know Jeb Bush, and I know they had a big uh, debate about it during the last election. I know they go, it's not the same as drinking a beer. I wish people would stop saying that. It really is. And you know what? Who cares even if it isn't? Even if it isn't, who gives a damn? I can tell you this, there's a lot more people that, uh, that cause accidents and fatalities every single year because they've been moldered up on alcohol, on booze. They get behind the wheel of a car and they go and kill somebody. There's a lot more of that going on than there is somebody that gets stoned and drives a car. I mean, honestly, if you've ever been stoned, the last thing you want to do is pick up the keys to the car and go driving. No one in the history of smoking weed has ever said, "Man, I want to go for a drive, dude." No one. That has never happened. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, people don't. People don't uh, smoke a bowl. People don't just uh, have a fat spliff and then want to go driving. It just does not happen. So, let's let's. Cast that aside. I'm not saying that no one has ever gotten into an accident, well, on marijuana. I'm just saying that for the most part, I would I would dare to compare these statistics and say that DUI, you know, alcohol and marijuana related fatalities, it's night and day. Like the two aren't even comparable. So let's put that aside. I mean, come on. It's time we stepped into the twenty first century. If it's not hurting somebody else, it's not bad. It's not going to lead to the degradation of society. It's not really that big a deal, okay? Let's try and evolve our thinking just a little bit, okay? (laughs) Okay, Republicans, is this really too hard? That's the person I vote for, though. The person that just says all of that. The person that's just common sense about it. Hey, let's just have a fair tax system where everybody pays kind of close to the same percentage. And, you know, we cut out a lot of the loopholes. We leave loopholes in for, we leave incentives in for businesses that want to build their business here in the United States and don't outsource it to other countries. We leave incentives in for that guy, for the small business guy that's starting up a business. You know, for, for the guy making less than 25000 a year, we don't tax that poor bastard. You know, because you're not making very much money, we're not going to take 20% of your income every year. That's ridiculous. You make nothing. Why would we tax it? It hurts you more that we're taxing you making $25,000 or less a year than it does to help us as a government to take that money from you. So let's not do it. You know, the guy that comes along and says all of that, the guy that thinks that way is the guy that's going to get my vote. The guy that says, hey, Uh, I really care about education in this country. We have way too many dumbasses. (laughs) This country is... We used to be top in math and science, man. We used to be the country that was looked upon by the rest of the world. We actually had a really solid education system. And now we don't. We're behind Canada, Japan, China, many European countries. We are what are we I don't even know I think we're 20th in math and science in the world now or something like that too many dumbasses uh you know our school system is filled with some teachers that are just bad teachers but mostly it's filled with a lot of administrators a lot of bureaucracy a lot of paperwork a lot of red tape too many chiefs not enough Indians as the saying goes and that's that's the problem as well we need good qualified teachers that uh, actually want to be there and actually care. We need a system that actually uh, incentivizes good teachers. We need a system that's not dependent on what neighborhood you live in to have a good education. The fact that it's based on the property taxes of a specific neighborhood for how much money a school gets is just a a patently absurd bullcrap system. We're talking about education. Hey, look, If you live in a crappy neighborhood, you're going to have a crappy grocery store. Okay, that's fine. All right, I get it. You're not going to have the nicest uh, grocery store. You're not going to have the nicest bowling alley. You're not going to have the nicest restaurants. That's fine, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about education. You should have the same school in South Phoenix that you do in Scottsdale. You should have the same school or type of school or opportunity at least in South Central LA as you do in Irvine. Okay, you should have the same opportunity. I'm not saying that you should have this. Not everything in life is fair and equitable. And nor should it be because it just isn't. That's just the reality of it. But when it comes to things like education, the very basics of life, education, you should have the same educational opportunity everywhere. or virtually everywhere. There's no reason not to. I understand that that's a little bit harder to execute because you might say, well, who the hell wants to go and teach in South Central LA? Well, you know what? People are going to want to. There are people that want to, I bet. There are people that do it now. You just have to find the people. And you know what? Maybe you have to pay them a little bit more to do it. But uh, frankly, you have to come up with a system that's going to provide the opportunity necessary. Now, that doesn't mean that people take advantage of the opportunity. That doesn't mean there's not going to still be an inequality in education because there's going to be, because we have different socioeconomic strata in this country. We have different uh, levels. uh, We have different cultural expectations. We have different cultural norms and values and all of that. And that takes a long time to smooth out. So that's going to be something that we have for a while. But the basics of education, that should all be lined up. That should be there. That should exist, period. Um, So the guy that says all of that and the guy that keeps us out of the foreign countries, you know, militarily, and the guy that, frankly, the guy that wants to cut the military budget a little bit because there's no reason that half, half of our fiscal budget every year, or I think now it's too be fair, so I don't exaggerate. I, mean, I think now it's 43% or 42%. But f- still, two-fifths to half of our budget being spent in the military is just far too much. Let's be real about it. If somebody really wants to raise hell with the United States and they want to try and do something, um, as long as we have enough people to turn the keys to fire off the missiles and guide them, and maybe a few other people left over to make sure that those missiles get to their target, I think we're probably okay. Look, it's the 21st century. People are pi- piloting drones now. People are going to be firing off intercontinental ballistic missiles. Ground invasions just don't happen as much as they used to. Yeah, special ops teams are still out there. Yeah, the Navy SEALs are still out there. Fine, uh, but these—you uh, know—to have millions of guys, you know, millions of grunts and and soldiers for ground troops and all that—that's just you don't need that. You don't need that many people anymore. You just don't. That's an antiquated line of thinking. Yeah, China's got it, but China's crazy. China has their own agenda. We don't need to do everything just because China does it. We don't need to to do everything just because Russia does it. Listen, we have enough nukes. We don't need to build more nukes. We don't need to build more tanks. We don't need to build more aircraft necessarily. You know what we do need to build more of? We need to build more refineries. We need to build and repair bridges and power lines, the power grid, and all of that kind of stuff infrastructure. If you fix your infrastructure to the country, if you fix education, if you fix up the healthcare system, which is broken with the insurance companies and all that, you fix up all of that and you take care and you, you, you worry about your own business before you start nosing around in, the, in other countries, guess what? You're going to have a pretty good country. You're going to have a nation that was probably more, at least in line, similar to what it was in a lot of ways to a century ago. And that's probably what we should be striving for, at least in that sense. I don't know. That's the guy I want to vote for. But unfortunately, that guy doesn't exist. People say, well, Bernie Sanders is kind of that guy. Yeah, well, here's the problem with Bernie Sanders. Okay, the problem is there are things that Bernie Sanders says I agree with, by the way. But for the record, there are things Donald Trump says that I agree with, too. That doesn't mean you run out and vote for the guy because he says something that you agree with. Hey, uh, Bernie Sanders is, is totally on board with the uh, let's get out of uh, the affairs of other countries. And I agree with that. And, you know, he's on board with education. And there are other candidates that are, too. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. The problem with a guy like Bernie Sanders is who is going to pay for the universal health care system that he wants? Who is going? How are we going to afford that? We cannot afford the Obamacare system, which is, by the way, a terrible system. We can't afford that system now. Well, we can't afford it. What we do is we just have people pay three and four thousand dollar deductibles, which is what a lot of people on Obamacare have. They, the average, I, I, I saw the statistic someplace, and I don't know where it is now, but uh, this a couple months ago, I saw the average deductible has gone up ever since the implementation of the Obamacare, and the average deductible has gone up. Some insane percentage. And you can't have people with two and three and $4,000 deductibles on a, on a health care system, the average person. Now, a guy, I will say, Obamacare has been great for the guy that has cancer, for the guy that has a, a long-term debilitating illness that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. The Obamacare system has been great for that guy. So I will give it credit where credit's due. It's worked out. But that's such a small niche. If you're going to have a health care system and you're going to reform something, it should, it should work, you know, universally. I mean, if you're going to call it universal, it should probably work for, you know, everybody or most everybody. But the people that benefited most from Obamacare were, um, well, insurance companies. Because lo and behold, they still... Hold the uh, purse strings for the Democrats and Republicans out there, and um, and it worked out great for uh, for you know the the niche of people that are you know are on cancer treatment or you know have a long term disease issues those, those kind of thing. Yeah, that that's who it worked out for. Joe Citizen, not so much. Now, yeah, some people are getting they're still getting health care and they're they're able to as long as they don't have anything really bad happen to them who cares if you have a $3,000 deductible as long as you know you can still go and see a doctor and you have a reasonable copay, and you can get some medicine for a reasonable price who cares about a $3,000 deductible I don't know me personally I'd re- like to know that if something bad did happen I wouldn't have to worry about shelling out $3,000 that I don't have because something unfortunate happened to me if I'm going to have a universal health care system, I'd like to know that I'm going to be able to be covered for the most part. But then the problem is who pays for it. And that's always the problem with anything, anything that's well intended. I'm not saying Bernie Sanders is, a, is you know, has terrible intention. But, you know, at some point it becomes adult time and you have to realize, like, who's going to pay for it? That's the question who's going to pay now i think in the case of bernie sanders he's going to say well i know he's going to pay the rich people the people the top one percent of wage earners in the country and hey that's his solution that's great uh good luck getting elected on that platform and good luck pushing that forward because i can tell you right now that uh, those people have a lot of power And those people are not necessarily going to let you get that through. Even if you get elected as president, how are you going to convince the Republican-controlled House and Senate of that? How are you going to pass that? So, there's a lot of things with Bernie Sanders that uh, still are are left up in the air. How are you going to get that done is the issue. I'm looking for the guy I can really latch on to. I tell you what, uh, it would be kind of interesting, maybe... Maybe this country should just vote for Bernie Sanders. You know why? Because, or, or Ben Carson or something. Because I'll tell you what, we can't do any worse than the guys that are running now. Oh, by the way, never vote for Ben Carson. I, I'm going to just take that all back right now. Do not vote for Ben Carson. Don't you dare. Ben Carson seems like a really nice guy. And uh, I, I really appreciate the fact that he's a neurosurgeon and he's top of his field and he's a, a really academically smart individual. But I could never in good conscience vote for a person that does not believe in evolution. I would just never be able to. I don't understand how you can be a doctor. You can be so incredibly intelligent to go through you know, your your basic schooling, your college, your medical school, your residency, you become a doctor, you, you work your way up through your field, you study and strive and work and understand and comprehend so many aspects of, of the medical field that only a, a very small fraction of a percentage of people understand. And yet the very basic thing like evolution, you don't understand it. You don't understand evolution. You don't believe in Evolution. As a guy, as a doctor that sees viruses and parasites evolve all the time so that we have to come up with new strains of of the flu vaccine to to treat them, you don't believe in evolution even though it's right in front of your face? You see small uh, organisms, yeah, parasites and viruses evolve and adapt. Adapt, by the way, is just a fancy word for evolve. You see that happen. And uh, yet you don't believe in evolution. I mean, if it happens on a a small cellular level, can't it happen on a larger scale with people? Like, for example, would you say that there is some type of evolution since we've been around for, I know some people say 6,000 years, but let's go with what science says. And that's that man has been around for 650,000 years or so. Wouldn't you say it's interesting that the people that live near the equator are darker skinned than people that live in northern latitudes, for example? Like, wouldn't you think that's a little strange that, gee, some guy in Siberia is very pale skinned, whereas some guy in, like, Venezuela is darker skinned? Isn't that interesting? Someone in sub-Saharan Africa, in, you know, Egypt or Morocco or whatever, people there are darker than, say, people in... Ireland and Scotland. Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't that imply that the body has adapted, it has maybe, dare we say, evolved, so that skin pigmentation helps protect against the damaging rays of the sun a little bit more so, uh, and that people have adapted to the climate and the environment to which they live in, over the course of thousands and thousands of years, uh, wouldn't you say that that's happened? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, I, I just, I'm sorry. I know that that just sounds like a petty issue to some of you, but I cannot vote for a guy that does not believe in evolution, especially a doctor. Listen, I expect Jeb Bush to thump the Bible and tell you that the wor- world is 6,000 years old. I expect that out of him. I expect that out of half of these Republicans. But I... I'm, I hold a doctor to a much higher standard than I do a uh, just a, a regular politician, a regular Republican. I hold a doctor to a higher... I'm sorry. I, I know that sounds weird, but somebody that I think is going to cut into my brain, I, I really want to think that they have a real good grasp of what's going on. So, all right, whatever. We've talked for over 40 minutes in the opening segment. This is what happens when I don't do a podcast for a while. I just go on and on and I talk endlessly. That's the 2016 election as I see it. Uh I'm not so far I don't see anybody I'm voting for. I I don't know. I'm going to vote because I I vote for president every time. I I don't vote on every single issue, but I will say I've I've always voted for president and uh well I don't know. right now I'm stumped. i'm I have no idea what I'm gonna do. Hopefully, maybe one of you has an idea and can help me. Lead me down a path. convince me I'm an ag- right now, I'm kind of a political agnostic. I don't know who I should vote for. Give me a reason to vote for somebody, and i'll I'll take it under advisement because right now, I am not very convinced of anything. <sighs> All right. Um, I'm going to take a breath. I don't know if you were able to listen to all of that. I don't think I would have been able to, this is a, this has been pent up within me for weeks, months, God, I, I haven't even talked about Donald Trump. I haven't even really gotten into Donald Trump. I just want, you know what, before we go to the break, I'll just say this about Trump because people ask about it all the time. Trump is hilarious. He's an entertainer, he's a successful business guy. Never in my in my life would I vote for that guy for president. He's funny. He's he's hilarious. But I would never vote for the guy for president. I mean, look, I agree with a lot of things he says about Rosie O'Donnell being fat. Yeah, and you know, she's a disgusting pig and everything she says is toxic and insane. I I agree with that. Who doesn't? That's that's a position we can all agree on. And uh, I think he has some great ideas. He actually has laid out specifics for a tax plan. And I think that's great. And uh, I, I kind of agree with him. Then the guy says, let's build a giant wall. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's okay with medical marijuana. That's fine. But I'm sorry. When I hear, let's build a giant wall, I'm out. Maybe when I was 16, 17, 18, you know, I thought that uh, building a giant wall was a great idea. It sounded like a, a good solution. But then I realized as I became an adult uh, that that's not very practical. It would cost billions of dollars to create a wall. And I mean, it would be in the billions. Just think about it. Think about how much it costs just to put a wall up in your backyard for like a, a border for your property. Imagine trying to build a 10 or 12 foot high wall that's 2,500 miles long. Imagine the labor, the material you would need. Then imagine not only how much it, it would be for that, but then to maintain it. So people are going to try and dig under it. They're going to try and knock it down. They're going to climb over it. They're going to do damage to it. The environment's going to do damage to it. Animals are going to come along. The weather is going to take out pieces of your wall. It's going to cost a ton. And let's also just try and look at it this way. What's it really going to solve? Are you really, do you really think a wall along the southern border keeps a lot of people out? No people are willing to cross hundreds of miles of desert in the middle of the summer you don't think they're willing to scale a 10 foot wall to get into your country you think a giant wall is going to keep a guy out who's willing to walk hundreds of miles across a burning desert or swim across a river or run away from drug cartels and dodge bullets you think that's going to keep a guy out that wants to be here give me a break (laughs) not going to happen People are willing to cram 50 50 people into the back of a van to get into this country. You think a 10-foot or 12-foot wall is going to keep them out? Come on. That's why I'm just not prepared to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, that's just not going to work, man. The Donald is hilarious. I don't know how committed he is really to being a Republican anyway. I mean, he was a Democrat just a few years ago. Uh, He was an independent at one point. Uh, the guy, I think, is just, you know, he's out there looking for attention. And I think he is, I, I do actually think he's committed to running for president. I do think he wants to be president. I don't think this is just shtick that he's doing. But I also don't think that um, that he has a chance. Um, well, I, I no, he has a chance. He's not getting my vote, that's for sure. But the system is so screwed up and people are just in such desperate search of an answer. And they're just so desperate for something different than what we've been having for the last 20 years. They'll vote for Donald Trump. That's how desperate people are. They're like, yeah, this guy's funny. He, he's, he's kind of just says what I'm thinking about. People like Rosie O'Donnell, that's hilarious. Um, you know, he, he makes fun of the other candidates, and who doesn't? And he's just willing to speak his mind. I think that's great. And, you know, and again, he does say things that people can latch on to. But the problem is, it's kind of platitudes, and it's just kind of stuff that doesn't really work. So, that's Donald Trump in a nutshell. I really would talk about him more, but I... Listen, we're going to have lots of time to talk about Donald Trump. We're going to have lots of time. We still have 13 months! And at the rate I'm putting out shows, that's at least like three more shows that we're (laughs) going to have to talk about Donald Trump. All right. Seriously, for real this time. Break time. And then um, we'll uh, talk about some other stuff. Not necessarily political. Um well, some of it will be. Who knows? We, we have a lot of other stuff to do. It's been a long time, all right? We'll be back. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. The Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show.
0: You can be amazing. You can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love.
1: The zip code famous Michael Groff show, October 9th, 2015. I can't believe I did that entire opening segment, and I didn't even mention perhaps the most egregious candidate on the Republican side. No, not Donald Trump. The guy I left out. Mike Huckabee. That disgusting piece of crap, I managed to leave him out. And I got to tell you something. I don't just like to throw around the term piece of crap to describe somebody willy-nilly i don't just want to throw that around all over the place but in this case it definitely applies mike huckabee has always been one of these guys that was kind of on the well he was the penultimate conservative right candidate uh he he was one of those guys that if you were into the christian conservative republican guy that was your candidate and he had a radio show for a while and whatever i i I don't know. I was never any more or less disgusted by Mike Huckabee than any of the other conservative right people. You know, I'm not a I'm not uh, big on the social issues uh, when it comes to the conservatives. I disagree with uh, social conservative values. I'm not you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm fine with, you know, traditional family. If that's what you want to have, that's great. But let's face it, it's the 21st century. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has mother, father, 2.2 kids and uh, a dog, a cat and a white picket fence. That's just not how it is and that's not how it should have to be. Uh, here in the 21st century, gay people get married and that's the reality of it. And Mike Huckabee took a conservative Christian to a new low. Uh, he's basically one step above the Westboro Baptist Church at this point. Uh So over the summer, there was this big controversy in Kentucky. Somehow, the state of Kentucky managed to legalize gay marriage, which I don't know how that happened, but good job, Kentucky. But then you had this uh, woman, Kim Davis, who's uh, like a county clerk or something, and she's supposed to sign off on marriage licenses. And that includes marriage licenses from homosexual couples that are getting married. Now, she wasn't going to do it because, hey... It's against her religious values to sign off on homosexual marriage. She's just against it. And even though it's the law, and even though she's supposed to uphold the law, and even though I'm sure that little Bible that she quotes all the time, I'm sure there's a part in there. uh, And I'm not, hey, look, I don't know my theology front and back. I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, I've certainly read the Bible as a kid. And I I sort of know a couple of things. I know somewhere in there, there's something about obeying the laws of the land, but I guess Kim Davis just decided to skip over that part and just hate on the fags. So she decides she's not going to sign marriage licenses for homosexual couples. That's the stance she takes. And a judge says, well, you'd better or else you're going to face fines. You could even go to jail. Well, fast forward. Now, of course, that's old news. Fast forward a little bit. Mike Huckabee goes down to Kentucky and they have this rally and Mike Huckabee defends Kim Davis. Now, Kim Davis is a disgusting human being, not just because she won't sign uh, the marriage licenses for homosexual couples. But she, of course, says that this is about protecting the sanctity of marriage and it's protecting her values. Well, let's look at the values of Kim Davis Kim Davis was married to husband number one. Uh, She decides while she's married to husband number one to uh, cheat on him. She has sex with who would ultimately become husband number three, gets pregnant, has children, decides to leave husband number one, goes and marries husband number two, whom she uh, takes away the kids from husband number three, adopts them with husband number two. She ultimately leaves that guy goes to husband number three uh, who is the father of the children but then decides she's done with that so she leaves husband number three and goes and remarries husband number two. So there's a woman who's been thrice divorced and is going to tell you about the sanctity of marriage who cheated on her husbands. She went out and uh, banged other dudes and uh, got pregnant and now um, her life is a mess and God knows. Now, I won't even get into the fact that she uh, looks like uh, some sort of weird combination between Louis Anderson and Michael Moore. Uh, I, I won't even get into that part uh, because I'm above that. But I will say this is a just a disgusting human being. She talks about the sanctity of marriage. And listen, I'm not a guy that ever preaches morality on this show. Everyone out there has done things morally that are questionable. We all have. And... That's fine, but I would never sit there and use my position as a government official to try and bully my religious views on other people under the guise of my own morality when in fact, I don't have any morality when I'm Kim Davis. Oh, I'm protecting the sanctity of marriage. Oh, you mean that sanctity of marriage? You violated yourself several times? Well, that's different because it's still it's still heterosexual marriage. It's still hetero. Like, what kind of cousin-humping redneck are you? This is just absolutely insane, to say the least. Ah, there it is. I was looking for that. It was only a matter of time. So that's, that's the Kim Davis thing. And then Mike Huckabee joins in and says, this woman has the right to uh, express her religious freedom. She's just standing up for God and her values, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what this country is founded on. Why, we have the First Amendment just for that reason. Yeah, except the problem is, the First Amendment's there to protect the homosexual couple from being discriminated against by someone who's using religion to discriminate against them. That's the irony of this is you're using the First Amendment as your platform to defend Kim Davis when in fact the people that are being damaged here are the uh, the homosexual couples whom you won't sign the marriage license for even though it is law it's legal The First Amendment says, hey, they can't be discriminated against because of somebody else's religious value But Mike Huckabee decided to back that horse. And uh, so you talk about somebody that really committed career suicide there. Not that Mike Huckabee was going anywhere anyway. But the fact of the matter is he now is really up the creek because he backed that horse. And then to show how bad that situation is. Pretty recently, Kim Davis met with the Pope. Now... Hold on. Before you get any too excited about this, okay? She met with the Pope uh, among a, a group of other people as well. Uh, the Pope never met with her personally, despite the fact that she claims that he did. The Pope never endorsed her behavior, even though she claims that the Pope did. Uh, she went to some rallies. She, you know, she's a big political figure now. She's big uh, in the news, and the, the Pope came through the... But the Pope had nothing to do. He wasn't condoning her actions. He, he didn't even officially make a statement about her actions. In fact, later the church said something to the extent of, we aren't uh, in support of those kinds of actions at all. Thank you. We never met with... So, of course, she's been proven to be a liar. She, uh, she's an adulterer. Uh, she is uh, uh, generally uh, just a, a piece of crap human being. But here's the best part. I think she gets to keep her job. Because she ultimately has just decided, oh yeah, I like, guess I'm just gonna sign off on them uh, gay marriages, but uh, I'm gonna put a big sticker on top says you're a faggot. And that's what I'm gonna do. Cause uh, yee-haw, I don't like them gays. Like I don't, I don't understand how you can be in that position. You're supposed to sign off on the. It's you're just signing your name. You're not endorsing anything. You're just there as the person of record. You're upholding the law. You can hate the gays all you want. You can go join that Westboro Baptist Church. You can be part of the God Hates Fags people. As great as it is that Kentucky managed to somehow legalize gay marriage, I think that is great. I I can't believe that Kentucky did it, and there are other states that don't, because Kentucky would be probably one of the last places in this union where I would expect gay people to be able to get married, but I'm glad that they did. Great. But that's the kind of thinking you have to overcome Across the country, and especially in Kentucky, especially in the South, in these redneck cousin hump states. I mean, you're going to have to somehow overcome this garbage. So, great, you know, the Kim Davises of the world still prevail, and so that's something you have to worry about. Ugh, I can't believe I somehow, I didn't even talk about Mike Huckabee in that first segment. I, it's just so disgusted. That's the kind of candidates that the Republicans are running up there. And you wonder why people are looking for alternatives. And they're turning to guys like Donald Trump, Ben Carson, and Bernie Sanders. Because the established politicians that we get are guys like Mike Huckabee who are going to back the horse of Kim Davis. A person denying civil rights to people. I'm surprised Kim Davis even allows interracial marriage. You know, there's a time in this country where that was taboo, where that was, I ain't going to sign a merge between a black and a white. That ain't going to happen. There was a Kim Davis in 1914 that did exactly that. We as a country finally evolved. By the way, evolution exists not only in uh, in biology, but in thinking, in sociological standards. We evolved past that whole idea of oh uh, black and white people i I guess they can get married oh okay people of different races asians and hispanic they can get married how about that interracial marriage interesting so now we have to cross the the next hurdle of same-sex marriage and you know there will come a point in this country maybe toward the very end of my lifetime people will look back and they'll say man can you believe there was a time in this country where we didn't let people of the same sex get married Can you believe that? Like, I'm in an old folks' home. I'm 97 years old, decrepit, just babbling, and these young 22-year-old nurses are in there, and while they're changing my bedpan, I'm like,
2: Hey, let me tell you a little story about a time in this country where we didn't even allow gay people to get married. Well, I thought that was just a rumor. No, it was a real thing. We didn't allow gays to get married for some reason. I I don't understand it, but... uh, we, said we used to call them fags and we, we wouldn't let them get married for some reason because cause, uh, some weird book, There we had this book called The Bible that uh, said that, uh, that somebody thought that it said that we couldn't let gay people get married. The good thing we got rid of that Bible a few years ago. I know, right?
1: It's a wishful thing. Like We get rid of religion in the year 2068. We outlaw religion in this. We just get rid of it entirely and the country moves forward without missing a beat. That would. There you go. That That's the
2: America of the future. Well, uh, we used to have r- religious discrimination in this country but then we just got rid of religion and everything worked out better, didn't it? Sure did. Let me change out that bedpan for you before you go off to the nothing in the sky. Sc- I know. I think I soiled myself again. Oh, boy. It's a,
1: quite a future to look forward to, I guess. Um, one more thing about Mike Huckabee before we close this out. Um, he apparently wrote a letter to the Frito-Lay company and is calling for a boycott on Frito-Lay. Now, they make Doritos, among other things. Because the Frito-Lay company had some campaign going where if you made a contribution... Of ten bucks, they would donate money to this campaign that uh, is involved in the in anti-bullying of people in the LGBT community, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered community. So basically, Frito Lay is aligning themselves with a the campaign to stop bullying of gay people, and Mike Huckabee thinks that's bad. Mike Huckabee apparently thinks that. By Frito-Lay getting involved in this, they are, of course, aligned with, as he says, a quote, radical homosexual advocacy group. Well, number one, what's wrong with a homosexual advocacy group, even if they are, quote, radical because they believe that gay people shouldn't be bullied, which I, I understand for a hardcore Christian conservative like Mike Huckabee and a guy who probably threw a lot of rocks at fags while he was growing up. I realize that that's like a really tough thing to to deal with, that, you know, people might actually want to stop bullying of people in the LGBT community. But Mike Huckabee, you know, never one to be outdone. Uh, That is, (laughs) this is, he's calling for a boycott because a a, a company dares to get behind an anti-bullying campaign. Incidentally, if you sent 10 bucks in this donation, you would get a bag of rainbow... Doritos or something and Mike Huckabee says oh that's just endorsement of the gay lifestyle he cannot believe it I- I'm telling you right now this Christian conservative stuff is dangerous uh, I- I'm all for you believing in whatever you want and if you want to believe in the Sky Wizard that's great but it's getting to the point where this is so the guy is so radical you would almost think that it's a parody it's got to just be a joke at this point right oh my god <laughs> So Mike Huckabee, by far, and I know I, I've probably said this already about another candidate, but by far, he is the scariest person running for office. Now, thank God he has absolutely zero chance of winning. Even if eight other candidates drop dead, Mike Huckabee has absolutely no shot to get the Republican nomination and absolutely no shot to win the White House. And that's a good thing. The fact that he was even a governor of a state, the fact that somebody then after that decided to give him a radio show for uh, I don't even know how many years he had that radio show. And then he had a, a spot on Fox News, which I guess isn't that surprising. And uh, I, I'm I'm shocked. Actually, I am surprised. Even Fox News doesn't usually go that far. That's That's how scary, that's how radical Mike Huckabee is. Switching gears a little bit, although keeping with the theme of really stupid. So I had a conversation with uh, some friends last week, and they're a group of mixed age people that I hang out with. And one of the kids or one of the guys, I call him a kid because, well, he's like 23, 24 years old. And he always says, man, I really hate it when people say things are worse today or people are dumber today than they were back then, blah, blah, blah. Because I, I always mention stuff that You just never would have seen in 1985 versus in 2015. And you see it now and how much things have changed in my life. And yeah, I've sort of become one of those guys that says, yeah, back in my day, things weren't nearly as bad as they are now. But, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the truth. And here's something I maintain that kids today. There's a a wider gap. There are smarter kids today. There are incredibly smart youth out there today, but the dumber ones are way dumber than they ever were when I was a kid. And here is case in point number one. Uh, From the Chubbuck-Pocatello School District in Idaho, a kid threatened the school. (laughs) He threatened to kill all the girls in a school if they didn't show him nudes. Yes, this 15-year-old kid says that he w- he had a plan that he laid out on social media. Of course he put it on social media, which just further demonstrates how dumb kids are today. He had a whole plan that he laid out on social media. He said that if the girls of this uh, school do not show him nudes, he will kill them all. And in a conversation, a text conversation with one of his friends, he even talked about specifics on how he was going to do it. How he was going to take a 12-gauge and a 9-millimeter pistol to school as, along with some hunting knives, and he was going to um, go and systematically kill people and then eventually kill himself. And uh, so that was <laughs> that was his brilliant plan uh, because girls wouldn't show him nudes. Surprisingly, uh, I guess the kid is uh, was outcast. Everyone thought that he was very weird. Not a big surprise whatsoever. This would not have happened when I went to school. Even in high school, this would not have happened. And we had some whacked out people in high school, but no one would have ever threatened to go and kill everyone in school just because they didn't send them nudes. Because A, you didn't have phones that you carried around with you where you could send people pictures, and B... I have to tell you, if I acted anything close to that, if I got anywhere near that kind of out of line whatsoever, my parents would have beat the crap out of me, which is exactly what parents should should have done in the first place. But the fact is, I mean, this kid has exhibited very strange behavior for a long time, according to fellow students in this article. So, I don't know. Who knows where the parents are? Who knows what's going on? Um, I don't know. This crazy culture that we're in now. So yes, uh, I can say safely, unequivocally, that something like that would not have happened when I was a kid. So sorry, that argument is won by me. Kids are in fact dumber today. Thank God, though, that this kid was dumb enough to decide to brag about this or post this on social media as well as have text conversations with his friends. Not sure who would be his friend, but with his friends uh, about this very topic so that's good all right when we continue uh i haven't taken a look at the pop chart in a while so we haven't actually gotten to see if it's gotten better if it's gotten worse you know the pop chart was actually looking slightly better the last time we took a look at it i think if i remember correctly well it wasn't quite as egregious uh, we'll we'll try to see if we can avoid the usual landmines that are over there like Taylor Swift and Iggy Azalea and Nicki Minaj and all that. But I haven't actually looked at it yet, so it'll be just as much a surprise to you as it is to me uh, when we do that here in just a couple of moments. And what else? Um, I don't know. Just random other stuff that's on the plate. And maybe we'll just make fun of Mike Huckabee some more because that seems pretty easy. Actually, I don't even think it's worth giving him any more airtime. What an absolute piece of garbage. There are bad candidates for president. I have to tell you right now, I don't know if I could even talk to somebody or associate with somebody that wanted to vote for Mike Huckabee. That's how bad he is. Guys like, uh, I don't even know what... What kind of candidate that is? That is that guy is it's almost a joke. You almost would have to think that it's like a parody, like the onion brought out a candidate yeah. to run and just had him say the most outrageous things possible. I don't know, it's like a Phil Hendry character or something. I, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. Alright, whatever will continue right after this. The zip code famous Michael Graff show. MichaelGroff.com.
3: Can you feel it? Now it's coming back, we can steal it If we bridge this gap, I can see you Through the curtains of the waterfall When I lost it, yeah, you held my hand But I tossed it Didn't understand you were waiting
1: Song, I don't care what anybody sings.
0: One, two, three they're gonna run back to me cause I'm the best baby that they never gotta keep. One two, three they're gonna run back to me They always wanna come but they never wanna leave
1: It's kind of a cool song I don't know. We're so long on time on the show anyway I don't think it matters if I play a whole song or not. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Groffshow@gmail.com, at gmail.com, our email address. That's Groffshow@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And what else? I don't know. Michael Groff on Twitter. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. You know how we do it here. It is the one and only zip code famous Michael Groff program. Yes, hello. Hello.
0: But they never want to leave Exes in the o-o-o's They haunt me Like the o os They want me
1: To make them all They won't let go My exes in the right. o os They haunt me I suppose we, uh, the It's like taking medicine. You have to do it. This isn't really like taking medicine. This is actually like taking poison, and you don't have to do it. At least I don't have to do it, but inquiring minds want to know, and I have to admit, it's been a long time since we took a look at the pop chart, and I do believe the last time we took a look at it, if memory serves, it wasn't absolutely a train wreck. It wasn't completely egregious. Uh, With that in mind, I guess we will reluctantly... I mean, it's been a while, so why not take a look at the top ten songs in the world of CHR—that's Contemporary Hit Radio, pop music—the the ten most played songs on top forty radio stations across this great nation of ours. And um, let's see if I can set this up properly. All right, so. I'm already, uh, I, I just saw number 10. I am, uh, I think, I th- <laughs> can we just bail on it now? All right, number 10, One Direction. This is Drag Me Down. I don't have any of these uh, queued up to the hook, so. Uh. I've got fire
0: for a heart. I'm not scared of the dark. You've never seen it look so easy. I got a river for a soul, and baby,
3: you're a boat. Baby, you're my only reason. If I didn't have you, there would be nothing left. The shell of a man that could never be his best. If I didn't have you, never
1: so yeah, that's really original and really good. All right, number nine Major Laser Mo and DJ. This is called Lean On. I've heard this. I'm not so unhip that I haven't at least heard some of these, but
2: Do you
0: recall not long ago?
1: I heard this on our alternative station, actually, here in Phoenix.
0: It's
1: kind of uh, irritating, but it's not One Direction, so still your same formulaic, repetitive crap. Number 8 is The Weeknd Can't feel my face We just it's just a competition and to see And no
3: be the death of me at least How
1: far we get we through this
3: And she'll always get the best of me the worst is yet to come But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young This I know This I know She told me to She me, don't worry, no more. We both know we can't go without it. She told me you'll never be in love. Oh, oh. I can feel my face when I'm with you. Wow. I love it
1: All right. I love
3: it. Oh, I feel my
1: Number seven. I mean, I, there's no reason for even commentary on this, right? Because... It just sort of speaks for itself.
3: Be the death of me at least. This
1: is one of those things where every time we do this segment, somebody inevitably writes in. Somebody says to me, Mike, why do you do this segment? You hate it, the listeners hate it. You know what? I'm into SM. I'm gonna admit it right here. I'm into punishing myself. I'm into earboarding. I love to torture my own <laughs> my own auditory nerves. My brain has been bad to me. It may it makes terrible decisions. I am punishing it with terrible music. Number seven, Ed Sheeran, with photograph. And I know a lot of people are into this dude. I don't I don't get the hype, but it is not One Direction, so it's not The Weeknd. So I guess it's okay.
3: Loving can hurt.
1: Yeah. Loving can hurt sometimes The amount of chicks that just go ape crap over this song, though. I know When it gets hard I was at a restaurant like a month ago or something and the song came on and, and she was, oh my god Ed Sheeran it's so hot it <laughs> is the only thing that makes us feel alive I wonder if he'd bring me flowers we keep this yeah they don't usually say you know stuff. I, I would just bang the crap out. I'd bang we him like a storm shutter in a hurricane they usually don't say that <laughs> but they basically think the same thing they just think it in a a bit Time's less frozen, still profane fashion than dudes. You
3: keep the pocket of your ripped
1: The music it, it used to be like dudes with long hair that sang kind of like guys. There's a lot of throaty like screaming in songs and yelling and and just kind of uh, you know a more manly tone and now it's this femme stuff I don't know man. I don't know. Number six and listen I'm not saying I hate all of it but like this is the least offensive so far. Number six, Sean Mendes, Stitches.
3: I thought that I've been hurt before, but no one sounds just like Ed Sheeran. Make quite this sore. Your words cut deeper than a knife. Now I need someone to breathe me back to life. Got a feeling that I'm going under, but I know that...
1: Sounds just like that song, uh, what was that song? Why you gotta be so rude? It sounds just like the same.
3: You watch me bleed and I
1: Now that I'm without your kisses, I'll be needing stitches. So what? You're going to cut yourself because, or hurt yourself, or otherwise have injury because you can't get someone's kisses? I don't
3: know.
1: I don't understand the lyrics in these songs. If you ever just sit and analyze them, it's really kind of puzzling.
3: Your bitter heart cold to the side. Now I'm going to reap what I sow. I'm left seeing red on my own. Got a feeling that I'm going under, but I know...
1: All right, whatever. Get over it, dude. Uh, number five is Selena Gomez featuring ASAP with a dollar sign, apparently, for the S. That's hip. Real cool. Kesha's wondering uh, where that came from. Anyway, this is Good For You. These are the 10 most played songs on radio stations everywhere, if you're wondering. Number five, Selena Gomez. I'm 14
0: carat. I'm 14 Doing it up like my mm. What? You say I got So good, so good. So do What? So
1: don't.
0: So don't. Gonna wear that dress like skin tight Do my hair glue, real nice And syncopate my skin to your heart beating
1: I'm gonna syncopate your skin to my heartbeat for you,
0: good for you.
1: How do you do that?
0: I just wanna look good for you, Good for so you, Good for Let me show you how you proud I am to you be your just a mess on my floor I still look good for you
1: Some hardcore auto-tuning. Oh look, my favorite at number four. It's uh Taylor Swift, everybody. This is Wildest Dreams. Say something here. So, Ryan Adams, not to be confused with Brian Adams, um, covered Taylor Swift's 1989 album. All right. Now, Ryan Adams is one of these dudes who's kind of, you know, didn't really have a whole giant career, but I guess now he's like just going around covering other people's stuff. And he took Taylor Swift's album and he kind of covered it and did his own thing with it. And it's actually not half bad. It's way better than Taylor Swift's stuff, which tells you that the songwriting is actually good. I don't know if she writes her own songs or not. My guess would be no, but you never know. Maybe she does. Or at least maybe she writes some of them, which tells you the songs might not actually be complete crap, just the delivery, the, the, the way it's done is complete crap. So um, maybe I'll play a couple of those uh, here in just a minute, but we'll continue with this. I will say this: some of those songs are are infectious. I just I just can't stand Taylor Swift just in on principle, as we've documented many times. The the rant I'm I'm restraining from just rehashing that old rant about Taylor Swift all over again. All right, uh, number three. Uh. <laughs> this is, oh look, Justin Bieber. We, literally, we've had Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift, and Justin Bieber, and One Direction on the same chart. No, music is going great. It's really, it's working out wonderful. This is What Do You Mean, number three. 104.7 KISS FM. What do
3: you mean? Oh, oh, oh. when you nod your head, yes. But you want to say no, what do you
1: mean? Sounds like a Kobe Bryant song. Uh, that's enough of that. Number two, it's, yeah, it's the same old Biebs. Since you're out of time, what do you mean? Surprised you didn't throw some racial epithets in there.
3: What do you mean?
1: Nothing better than watching that video of him with, uh, throwing the N-word around.
3: You're so
1: what I'm the whitest kid. Alright, here's, uh, The weekend again, at number two. Yeah. This is the hills. you
3: doing, promo? You say keep our business on the low. I'm just trying to get you out the friends. zone. because you look even better than the photos. I
1: can't find your answer. Neither info. It's like they just. Smoked a couple of bowls and decided to go in the studio.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, man, I, yeah man. What? It, How high were they when they recorded this?
3: I only you when it's high.
1: All right, anyway. Um, and the number one song. I don't know if I have my drum roll. Let me see. Hold on. Let's see if we have the drum roll. Uh, because that's important. No, it's not here. Uh, anyway, just imagine drum roll and the number one song in the nation, the most played song on radio stations everywhere. Our city featuring Adam Levine. If I
3: got locked away.
1: Locked away.
3: Lost it all today. Tell me honestly, would you still love me the same? You know. If I showed you my flaws, if I couldn't Who's
1: be yelling strong, in the background.
3: Tell me yeah. honestly, would you you still love me the same. Right a moment. If, if I life, me, would you stay by my side? Or is you gonna say goodbye?
1: Can you tell me right now? If I couldn't buy you the fancy things, the fancy life. things, oh yeah, man. It Don't worry, it right. sounds like
2: you be forty. Now tell me would you really ride for me? You really for me? Uh-huh. Baby, tell me would you die for me? me wow. Would you spend your whole life with me? What's
1: up? Would you be? I can see why this is popular. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. Tell me would you really cry for me? Uh-huh. Baby, don't lie to me. me don't lie to if me. I didn't have anything, I wanna know would you stick around? If I
3: got locked away and we lost it all today, come on. Tell me honestly.
1: So here, I want to I wanna do this real quick.
2: <laughs> <I wanted> <laughs> That's
1: so terrible. All right, I want to do this real quick. I just want to point out. So Ryan Adams does a cover, a complete cover of Taylor Swift's 1989 album and takes each and every song and sort of makes it his own. Some of them he does kind of almost folksy. Some of them just kind of, I don't know. It's his own unique style. So earlier when we did the pop chart, you heard Taylor Swift's Wildest dreams. This is Ryan Adams' version. See you. saying it's the greatest masterwork ever, but it does show you that if you take a song that's crappy or that's written well, but is executed crappy, and then you sort of make it your own, and you kind of cover it, you put a little feeling behind it, I think you do a better job of it. This is a little Chris Isaac-y, I think, for me, but I don't know. I, I think it's better than Taylor Swift. I'll just put it that way. So... Oh,
3: lips
1: and rosy
2: cheeks
1: say you see me again, even if it's just in all right your mind. <laughs> so uh, there you go that's uh little Ryan Adams for you. all right well on that note we've been here i think for 5 hours uh, this <laughs> this has been one hell of a pod this is the problem when you don't do a podcast for a while uh, what winds up happening is, uh, well, this we do endless podcasts, and uh, I don't know if we're gonna have the server space necessary to store this. I, I don't even know how long this. is. How long have we been here? Seriously, it feels like it feels like ten hours. I've been sitting in this chair talking into this microphone. Whatever. All right, groffshow at gmail.com. That's my email address. groffshow at gmail.com. Michael Groffshow on G Talk, I think. I don't even know. what What is. No, it's Groffshow on G Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter. I'll get this right one of these days. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. I don't know. I'm woozy, I'm delirious. I had to listen to the pop chart, which featured a bunch of stuff that, boy, was it bad this week. Honestly, maybe two songs were kind of okay in the tolerable range. Oh, well. Better luck next time. All right, a lot of stuff still to get into. Listen, we have 13 months still to talk about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders and all this other nonsense. We have lots and lots of time, so don't worry about it. I'm sure we'll be back with another show again real soon to uh, to break all that down. And if not, hey, maybe when we talk again, we'll have a new president. I don't know. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for checking us out. If you want to donate to this program, groffshow at gmail.com. That's our PayPal address. I uh, I am looking for a new computer. I am uh, right on the cusp of getting a new one because this machine, it takes forever to do these podcasts on this machine to process them and stuff. So that would really help out a lot if you want to donate, groffshow at gmail.com. Otherwise, on PayPal. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Good night, everybody.